All around, all around, all around. Way, hey, 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 welcome everybody back to this Friday's edition to Down and Dirty. You're listening to WMNF Community Radio. My name is Mario Nunez. I'm seated alongside my broadcast partner, JD. That's you. (laughs) Come on, Johnny. I I forgot I was here. Come on, Johnny. Good morning, Mario. Jason, what's going on, gents? I am hanging in there. Yeah, we 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 are are hot topics. Yes, we got a lot of hot topics as uh, it's going to be a hot hot time in the old hot town tonight (laughs) and this morning and this afternoon. We hope everybody has fared well. We we know that uh, Idalia, and that's another thing. We can talk about that. Nobody can properly pronounce the name Idalia. (laughs) Uh, As as much media as I was consuming over the last... Few, yeah, it's like no, an onion. It, it, they can't get it right to save their lives. And, sweet onion. And and but but thankfully, thankfully, the uh, the legend of the Tokabaga Indians held again. And whatever happened, it just wanted us just breeze on by the I Tampa Bay area. I have a question about that, that legend. Now they go. If we, we stole the land from the Indians, yes. Why would the Indians be legend to and protect us? Be protecting us? To protect us? I don't think they're protecting us. I, I, I mean, I don't know. At this rate, I'm willing to bury one in my backyard. And uh, it's gonna, it's, it's, and with I was going to ring a bell on that, but not really. Not no, really. no, no. I don't no. Think I'm just saying. Like, Politically I don't, I don't, incorrect, Jason. <laughs> yeah, so let's go ahead. Yep. Yeah, let's go ahead and and say up front that we we're just having a, a lot of fun in the studio this morning because the, the ambient temperature here in the studio is is probably about 103. Well, we always say that we're really hot. Okay. And we are. And we are. And we are. So today but we're going to get but down no and dirty. Air in the studio today. In a lot of different ways, you know, and I don't know why. We don't know why. That's but we're right. we're going to suffer through it and uh, and bring you the best broadcast that we can. We usually start the show with uh, with you know what happened over the last week, and more importantly, what has stuck in our cross. So, go for it. No, no, no. The host goes. I mean, the, the, I'll yeah, go yeah. last. I'll go last. Go we always start it. with the younger whippersnapper. All so right, whippersnapper. Whipper and snapper, you go I'm first. Snapping. All right. So I'll say uh, you're whipping city, and snapping. City council sure. Feels dysfunctional. I mean, I'm always bringing you county or city issues, but man, if you watched yesterday, that workshop went till four in the afternoon. As someone who's worked in that hallways and a workshop going till four in the afternoon is like unheard of. Then they had an evening, and it just there seems to be what a were lot they of workshop and just the, the budget still. Uh, Tampa scorecard, my old project, mm-hmm. a couple of other issues, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was. It was more than long-winded. It was the never-ending story minus the furry dragon. Not great. Ouch. Johnny. (laughs) All right, we'll continue on with the city of Tampa because my pet peeve is the fact that they, the mayor, has proposed a 16% tax hike. And I'm not going to quit talking about it until they don't do it. Until they abandon that. Until they abandon the idea. It's wrong. It's morally wrong. People in this community are hurting. They're hurting from increase in everything from their food to their gasoline to their insurance to their, you know, fees, their water fees. Across the board, we do not need a tax increase from local government at this time. I'm sorry. Wrong. Morally wrong. Bing. But at least they got their sa- their sandbags. Okay, can we can we just give them a little They got love? their sandbags? I don't know what that means. <laughs> so so let's let's finish this uh, this segment with um and, and I'll 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 say it bluntly. We talked about it jokingly, <clears throat> lovingly. Uh, it's the media. It's the media and their coverage. Their, their it's, it's disaster porn coverage <laughs> of all of Yeah, porn. It's, it, it is. It is. The hurricane, you know, listen, for those of us that are battle-hardened and have been in this area for a hot minute, you know, we don't freak out. We don't freak out. We, we ad- ad- adhere to Dennis Phillips and his rule number seven, rule number seven, which is don't freak out until he freaks out. 
you know, that's what I always used to tell people when in my previous career, you know, as a flight attendant, I would tell people, the nervous flyers especially, listen, if, if the flight attendants are cool, calm, and collected, you be cool, calm, and collected. Don't freak out unless we're freaking out. If we're freaking out, all hell's about to break loose. But most, for the most part, the, the, the news media was... It was comical at some points, J.D. They would be going to their field reporters, and they would ask them in seven different ways. You know, so, so Susie, what are you seeing this time that you didn't see last time? Well, I, I like it when it's, like, barely sprinkling, right? Yeah, they got nothing to say. No, barely sprinkling. And they're going, well, you know. It's like, My no, favorite I like is when they're like, stay safe out there. It's like, you put me here. Like, I'm now, literally now here because y'all put the, me the here. The guy they sent up to, to Perry. Oh, that was beautiful. Okay, that guy <laughs> was getting blown around. Yeah, that was uh, so Paul Legrone. Paul Legrone, that's ABC Action News. A shout out to Paul Legrone and his wife, Katie, who's also a field reporter there at ABC Action News. Paul was in the middle of, he was in the middle of a shot. And there was a, uh, he was standing in a vestibule in front of a hotel, covered vestibule, parking. Yeah. yeah, a little parking, covered parking. Yeah. He stepped back uh, away from the car that was protecting him from the wind, mm. and he literally got blown <laughs> out of the shot. It was impressive. Yeah, the- and, uh, and, you know, it's only a matter of time. I say this each and every time we do this, before somebody gets their head chopped off <laughs> on live TV by a stop sign that has been blown off of its mooring mm. and comes... They'll make it into the broadcast hall of fame. Probably. Posthumously. It's like final so, destination. So can we so move on? Done, so we're done with the right, hurricane. We're, we're, we're done raising hell for a minute, but we're going to raise hell all show long. Let me say up top, if you'd like to join us in today's conversation, and today we're talking, we're celebrating... Labor Day, but not because it's another excuse to go out and eat hot dogs and hamburgers and coleslaw. We're celebrating the true meaning of this holiday, which is celebrating labor Absolutely. in this country and all that it's and all that that entails. We've got a couple of uh, fabulous guests for you that we're going to talk to in a moment in studio. One that we'll be calling in in just a bit. But if you'd like to join our conversation, please call us at eight one three. Two three nine nine six six three. Irene is standing by to take your calls. If you'd like to send us an email, here's that email address: dj at wmnf.org. And if you'd like to text us, because that's what the young people are doing these days, it's eight one three yes we text four three three eight one three four three three zero eight. Eight five JD. Well, we've got some great guests. Uh, uh, two of them in the studio, and another one joining us by phone in a little while. Uh, first off, I'd like to introduce uh, Jim Janeco, and Jim is uh, is president of the operating uh, engineers, but uh, he's also runs the sort of umbrella organization for labor in West Central Florida. It's called West Central Florida Labor Council. Welcome, Jim. Hey, all right, great. Thanks hey, to be here. We also have my good friend Steve Simon, who's from the city of Tampa. Um, in the city of Tampa, he's president of the uh, Amalgamated Transit Union. My favorite al- word. Also known as amalgamated. amalgamated. Spell it, Jason. It's a mouthful. A-M-A-L-G. Oh, stop. Okay. Uh, the ATU, fondly known as the ATU. Uh, Steve, uh, welcome. Uh, Steve uh, hails from uh, up, up New York, uh, New Jersey, my way. Woo. Um, originally, but he's been down here a long time doing great work. Welcome, Steve. Yes, Local, good morning. Thank you. Local 1464 is in the house. All right. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. I can read it right off of his shirt. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm less It's I'm not less that impressive. I'm, I'm making him spell amalgamated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, uh, Labor Day is upon us. Jim? 
It is. It is. It's a celebration of labor. You know, we uh, we represent pretty much every uh, every line of work. Any job that you can think of, there's a union. Give us some that. examples in this area. Sure. I mean, we represent everything from uh, teachers, our sanitation workers, bus drivers, communication workers, operating engineers, crane operators. So the, the cranes that you see uh, reshape in Tampa's downtown, those are uh, our members for the most part. There are some non-union crane operators out there, oh. but we represent about 80% of uh, of the market i'd say but laborers uh pl- plumbers pipe fitters hospitality building trades hospitality workers hotel restaurant workers teachers of course 100 uh, percent, you know so uh and any line of work we we represent it as the west central florida afl cio we are that umbrella organization that represents pretty much uh all of the all of the the working uh families in the area blue collar and white collar workers and and Jim, how did you get involved in this? Probably originally you were just learned how to operate a crane. So why did the union aspect of this appeal to you? I I, I come from a union family. There you go. I come from here, a union here. family. What, what, mom, what state? What, my, my mom taught high school for 46 years. She was the building rep. She was the union rep for the teachers' union. So Where was that? What? Uh, Pittsburgh and also Central Florida. I grew up in Leesburg, uh, Lake County. So we were probably the only uh, bumper uh, bumper sticker that was union, yes, in rural Lake County. But uh, that's why my man here is a giant Steelers fan, and we appreciate and that. Name. That's right. It was so it was drilled into me. But uh, um, you know, Mario, you mentioned uh, hospitality, and I. Before I got involved in my career, I worked uh, any number of jobs. I was a doorman at a restaurant. I was a bellman. I worked valet. Uh, you know, worked a, a bunch of jobs in hospitality, and it's tough. People are, uh, you know, you're, it, it's, it's tough to make ends meet. And I moved to Miami in 2009 and joined Unite Here, the uh, Hotel and Restaurant Workers Union, and learned uh, about union organizing and, uh, and, and then went from there. Got involved in politics and legislative issues, joined the AFL-CIO, and then became an operating engineer uh, with the, uh, the Operating Engineers Local 487. I mentioned at the top, Jim, that you know, in a, in a previous life, in, in my previous career, Chosen Path, was uh, as a flight attendant with American Airlines. And today I'm wearing my APFA, Association of Professional Flight Attendants, pin in solidarity with the union, which has just now decided with a 95 percentile vote. And it wasn't that close when I struck in 93 um, they're to, going out. The, the, if, if demands aren't met, the clock gets started. Yeah, they're they're going to be wow. going out. So, okay, before we go to Steve, uh, a friend of mine told me plugged me into this song by Billy Bragg, <laughs> a union a union song. Jason, you got it? Yes, I do. You better join a union, brother. Organize today. You'll see where the problem. That's a beautiful song. The struggle continues, right? The struggle and continues. And who is that sounding like, Jason? What'd you say? It sounds like Pete. It wants to be Pete, Pete Seeger, Seeger, but Pete it's Seeger. not Pete Seeger. But I'm sure he's, he's channeling that. Inspired, inspired exactly. by Pete Seeger. Only Steve, one Pete Seeger. you heard that song before? No, actually, this is the first time that I'm hearing it, and uh, it's definitely on point. Though. Yes, it is. You got to play it for your peeps. Absolutely, absolutely. I will download that and play it for my peeps. So tell us a little bit about about you, Steve. Well, my background, I'm originally from New York. You know, that's when I got involved. We couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't tell. <laughs> his, his accent wasn't there at any point. All over that microphone, sir. <laughs> microphone check, one, two. One, two. So, uh, you know, I got started in the uh, labor movement when I was working for the telephone company. Okay. 
cool. which back then it was New York Telephone. Four months on the job, we went on strike. There you I go. didn't know what to do, you know, so I asked my manager, you know, what am I supposed to do? And he said, well, we got plenty of work for you, but we recommend you talk to your union rep, oh. which I did. And so we went. That was the first of four strikes that I've been through. Wow. And then fast forward to coming down to Tampa. Uh, you know, I started in the wastewater treatment plan as a wastewater treatment plan operator mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, took on the role of executive board member in regards to the union here, which is ATU. And, uh, you know, then uh, did some research and saw that we needed a lot more progression in the area. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I ran for president, ended up becoming president and then have been directing our organization in a certain way. What do they say, J.D., what do they say, the cream always rises to the top. And you're looking at two fellows here that have taken upon the leadership role because they could not stand pat, right? They could not sit and see things happen without stepping into that breach. So kudos to both of you fellows who I'm just getting to meet. Who I'm just getting introduced to this morning. I'm I'm proud of both of you, man. Well, that, that that's awesome. I I worried where you were going with that one, uh, Mario, because he works in the sewer plant and right? what rises to Art the Connie. top. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think we want that rising to the top. Uh, it's a little a little early in the morning. True that. that. True that. Hey, and we keep it all in the pipes. Add a baby. But uh, but gentlemen, you know, we heard it on the song. Why are unions important? Why, why historically? I mean, mm-hmm. I, was, I was doing a little research on Labor Day. Labor Day goes back to the 1880s. Um, and, and, uh, and, and back then, people got killed. Mm-hmm. People got killed for trying to form yep. laborers in the coal mines and all across the country. Um, and they'd get the support of local government and local police, and they'd go out and bang heads. But, um, you know, where, where have we been? Where are we going Well, you know, the labor movement itself is uh, definitely on the rise again. You know, there are several unions that are being formed throughout the U.S. and Canada. And, uh, you know, I'm favorable to that, you know, because the union is in place where basically the employees all come together to help each other rise. And so this way you don't have companies that are exploiting the employees or governments. Correct. Yeah. Yes, there's just as much uh, need today for labor unions in the workplace as there as there ever has been. Uh, you know, there's sort of a, an anti-union narrative that says that unions serve their their place at one point in history, but you know now that we have work safe uh, work safety regulations and we have minimum wage laws and child labor laws that the that the unions you know they serve their purpose. They were good at one time, but they're no longer needed. And I I think that's ridiculous because we hear here. The 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 uh, income inequality, the wage gap continues to widen. Uh, you know, workers continue to suffer injuries and fatalities on the job. There's Where would we be, be without OSHA? Balance. Where would we be without OSHA? And OSHA came about because the unions demanded it. Workers took to the streets to demand protections, and that came from minimum wage. Yeah. Uh, 40-hour work week. Minimum uh, child labor. Minimum age. Child child labor, labor, exactly. All all that stuff started with the labor unions 100 years ago. When when you can't bargain collectively, you have to walk into the boss's office with your hat in hand and beg for a raise. And and that's not the way we do things as a union. We stand together and lift each other up and and, and stand for solidarity for all. I tried to get our champion Bernie Sanders to call in this morning, (laughs) but he he wasn't taking my calls. But, you know, thank goodness that there's somebody out there on the hill that that, uh, that you know has the 
the chutzpah to 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 stay right. That was for you, Jason. Thank you. That was for you. Yeah, it was to stand in and you know to take the charge. So listen to this: Economic Policy Institute 2021 paper. They found that on average, the 17 U.S. states with the highest union densities have state minimum wages that are on average 19 percent higher than the national average and 40 percent higher than those in low union density states. These same states have higher median annual incomes that are 6,000 higher than the national average. They have higher than average unemployment insurance recipiency rates. They're more likely to pass paid sick leave laws and paid family leave and medical leave laws. Like the reality is- And it's not, they're not suffering economically. Those states don't suffer. The states that pass pro-union laws, as opposed to say the 28 states that have passed right to work, there's direct correlation between these laws leading to higher qualities of life, higher wages. It's, it's not, you know, this isn't debatable. That's hard scientific and economic but data tell, that proves but, it. But what you lead us to is where are those states? And they're, not, they're generally not in the South. The South has generally been hostile to unions over the last probably forever. Um, 200 years. But speaking of hostile, what, did, what happened in Tallahassee this year? Um, oh, with that SB two fifty six, is that it? Yeah, yeah. tell that us about it. That was a really, what really it? hostile it, environment. What was know? it? I was up there from the beginning, March seventh, the first day, which coincidentally happened to be my birthday. <laughs> uh, so you know, as I'm getting the calls, hey, what are you doing for your birthday? I'm going up to Tallahassee there to fight you. bills. There you go. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, specifically the HB two fifty six being a union busting bill. You know, it's an attack on workers. Mm-hmm. How, okay. do, how do they? How does it work? What is it? What did they do? Well, there's a lot of criteria that makes it up, such as uh, after July 1st, you know, then the companies could no longer deduct dues, you know, from union members. Uh, also, you have to maintain a 60% density of dues-paying members out of your bargaining unit. Wow. Those are the two biggest items. So if you can't deduct it or it doesn't get deducted from their paycheck, that means somebody's got to write you a check or stroke you a check or give you a credit card um, to stay in the union. You've got to chase people down month after month. It turns the union into a collection agency, and it places an undue burden on union members who want to pay their dues. It's easy to just have your dues deducted from your paycheck just as if you like want to make a charitable been. donation or if you want to do anything else. That's still fine, but you can't, you can't deduct your union dues anymore out of your paycheck. And uh, so it places an undue burden on the, uh, on the union members. And as Steve was mentioning, it makes these public sector workers now, you have to prove that you have 60% dues-paying membership, or you're decertified. So uh, we're in a right-to-work state where union members don't have to pay union dues. That's the dirty secret. That's the that's the dirty secret. You can be a union member in the state of Florida. You can enjoy all the But have no fiduciary responsibilities. Yeah. Right. You can uh, re- receive all the benefits. Uh, the union has to provide you representation, but you don't have to pay dues. So now, if you can't prove, as a union, if you can't prove that 60% of the people aren't paying the dues that they don't even have to pay to begin with, then you're decertified as a union. If they did this to a private business, there would be uproar. If they told Hilton Hotels that they had to sell a certain percentage of hotel rooms at every a certain single rate. night and meet a certain percentage of occupancy rates or they were no longer allowed to do business, so uh, there would be and enough. Consider so they excluded, they excluded police, firefighters, and correction mm-hmm. officers on this. So like, they know it's wrong. They, like, they're, they're more than well aware that this is going to harm oh, they, unions and they, working they people. Excluded police yeah, how kind of them, right? What because a, those are the unions that a, they love. What a shock. Amara, you got some calls. I do. And just to follow up on your comment, Jim, it's kabuki theater, man. And, and they're also doing this in the world of voting and, and making it so difficult and putting all the obstacles in our way that, you know, people get discouraged. And then what, what's the point? 
The point is, try going in and negotiating without that protection. You going into battle without your shield? For 30 years, I paid my dues proudly. That's right. Can I just piggyback on that one please, second real please, quick? Please, please, Steve, please. Okay, because I'd like to bring out the point that there's a common misconception that if you don't get into any trouble, then you don't need a union. Yes. Okay, this is well but said. what needs to be learned is that without the union, the company doesn't give you anything. Mm-hmm. So everything that you got with your job that you like, that keeps you there, was negotiated by the union. That's right. So therefore, if you're in a union job, you should show your appreciation by paying union dues. A hundred percent. All right, take Amen. those calls. So we're going Let's like go to our caller, Debbie. We see you there. Let's go to you presently. Debbie in Sarasota. Hello, good morning. Hi, Mario. It's Debbie. Hi, Debbie. I know who you are, and the, my listeners might not, but uh, good morning. What, what say you about this conversation we're having this morning? Is it, is it up close and personal? Yeah, it is. I wasn't aware of what's going on, but um, we need to make it known. Is it a bill that's on the floor? No, they already, pa- already, they already passed. passed it last uh, spring. It doesn't mean they, okay. can't, they can't undo it, <laughs> uh, you know, and... and uh, you know, get in touch with your legislators and tell them how much you don't like it. What's the number? Senate Bill 256. Senate mm-hmm. Bill 256. Anybody who's listening should let their, okay. their state senators and their state representatives know that, that that bill is just morally wrong. Yeah. Morality, I don't think, has a lot to do with it. So what else is happening in your world, Debbie? Well, as you know, the American Airlines flight attendants just passed a strike vote, which we are hoping will pressure the management negotiating team to finally finish our negotiations. They've been in negotiations for four years now. They asked for the union negotiation team to bring the money part of the contract to the table, pass it to them back in March, which our union did, and the company has yet to pass their part back. Right now, they're working on work rules, and everything that they have asked to the union is concessions. It's never, it's never the other way around, is it, Debbie? In 93, we remember how this went. It didn't, it didn't go well, and, and once the clock started, you know, that's when, when, you, when you get and you dig your heels in because you know that you, it's either now or never. And, and it's amazing yeah. that we're at this point. Again, you guys are such dedicated public service employees. I mean, you guys do what you guys do, what we did, right, for all those years. Yeah, you were- People don't understand the risk that we... Go ahead, I'm sorry. You were there in 93. I wasn't flying at that time. But, you know, I've heard the stories. It was harrowing. Um, It was harrowing, Debbie. I can tell you this, though. I grew up in a household, as Jim was alluding to earlier, with his mom, my, my father, also a union member. The main thing I remember knowing growing up was, listen, brother, if that, if that picket line goes up, mijo, if that picket line goes up, you do not cross it. Mm-hmm. You do not cross it. Because, you know, you can have an exemplary career of 45 years. And in that 46th year, if you decide it's your year to go ahead and cross the picket line, when they lay you to rest, all that they're going to put on that headstone is here lies a scab. Because that's all they're going to remember. They're not going to remember exactly. anything about the good times and the dedicated employee. So, I, I listen, I wish you well. You know you have – we have your back. I love you. I'm trying to get my union pin going. I don't have my red one today, but I got my blue one. So if you find a red one laying around somewhere, send it to me because I'm there with you in spirit. And, and if you need anything, Debbie, you know where to call. Thank, thank you, Debbie. Thank you so much for calling in today. 
All right, we got another All one. Right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah, let's hit, uh, yes, we do. Good topic today. Great topic today. Carol in Lake Placid, are you with us? I am with you all the way, 100%. All right. Tell us a little bit about your call. What's, what's your connection well, um, to this fabulous topic? I, yeah, I, I um, retired from the Palm Beach County school system hey, several me too. years ago. You too? <laughs> yeah, three years. That was my, that was my Vietnam. Was he had a long tenure, oh, three years. For three years. Uh, Sounds to me like Carol uh, might have had a little longer. I was 23 in and the was teaching 17-year-olds fresh oh. out of graduate school. Wow. Well, I'm 85 now, so oh, bless you. I was going bless to say you. that when I worked at the school system, we were part of the International Brotherhood of Firemen and Oilers. Wow. And we were not, I wasn't a teacher, I was one of the support group. And when the teachers got raises, we got raises. So, I mean, indirectly, it's so much good comes from it. And also, I belong to a group called the South Florida Raging Grannies. And every Labor Day, we used to go and picket and fight and march okay. and everything. Nice. We're awesome. Labor. We need the Raging Grannies need, up here in town. Yeah, like, yes, we do. And if the Raging Grannies would like to be on our show, we'd like to talk to the Raging Grannies. That's if fabulous. If you're open for adoption, I only have one I'm grandmother. I'm sure there program. are some around who wouldn't mind getting together for, I mean, I'm kind of out of the loop right now. But um, it's so important to keep doing that. But the main thing I called was Ann Feeney, the union maid, passed away several years ago. But she was a light to us for so many years. She fought for the union and marched and worked and sang all the songs that were so beautiful. Union maid is one of my favorites. And I didn't know if you guys were playing. I heard that you were playing some songs. So if you could. Yeah, check, for out, Annie, we'll, we'll, check out those Billy Bragg song that we, we played earlier. We will queue up that song for Annie. May she rest in power. Carol, thank you so much for calling us today. So well, I got to give myself I got to give myself a shout We're out. We're grateful Mario. for your call, All John. Right, thank you, Carol. Um, yeah, I, when I taught school, Jason, I was a member here of, of C, not only a member of CTA, but I think I was my school rep. Yeah, I was the rep. I was a rep for John I. Leonard High School. Yeah, God, I was a, a rep for ago. Booker T. Washington. But hey, anyway, Booker but anyway. And that was really my first exposure to union. Same. Uh, so you got another one more call? The topic is hot. It's All not right, just going to get back to it's these not, guys. Yes, of course. It's not just the room we're sitting in, fellas. The, <laughs> well, topic, the, the room is hot, too. This is one of those topics that you either are for me or against me. You know, you've got... You've Shouldn't got, be that way, though. Shouldn't. However... Because when union wages have risen... Society's Everybody wages have well, risen. You, you go, Everybody. Listen, that, that magic time period after WW2 when the unions were at their strongest... And what is it, fellas? Correct me if I'm wrong. Forty percent of of laborers was organized at that time. Oh, back then, yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, and that, like I said, again, rising boat, rising tide, all boats. Mm-hmm. We just know that things work better. More people have access to opportunity, right? Yeah, ladders, absolutely. build ladders. So what let's we go, got? Stephen. Stephen, you're in St. Pete. We're coming to you now. We're totally regional today. Lake yeah, Placid. Yeah, look at this Lake Placid, Sarasota. huh? St. Pete. There you go. WMNF, we're doing it today for you. Okay, Stephen, talk to us. Yeah, I was originally born in Detroit, Michigan, a union town. In fact, when I was a kid, we'd go to Detroit Tiger Games at Tiger Stadium. My dad, local 58 electricians union, we could park at the union hall and go to the game. In that union hall, when I used to go to uh, union meetings with my father, if you ever mentioned the name of Ronald Reagan or Joe Biden, (laughs) you got your blank handed to you, you know? And basically, when you look at the history of the country, starting in slavery, 
then it went to peonage, indentured servitude after the Civil War. And then the right to work South wanted to maintain that system. So they started a peonage system where when black people were freed, they could, you know, they would be arrested or ticketed for gathering or whatever because they were standing around and they put you in the prison. And then the private prison system, which we still have today, would rent that guy to the plantation. Now, when Reagan declared war on labor unions with the air traffic controllers, air tra- air traffic now, 1980. Yeah. And Reaganism, which is still killing us today because both parties are ruled by Reaganism today, uh, destroyed the union movement. And like I said, I was in Florida. I came down here when my parents retired. And uh, the wages still to this day, as we speak, I was working. I was All right. What, what's the question? We love hearing that. But what's the question? Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm just saying like this. Uh, what, how do labor unions gather strength? I mean, real strength and real power where Walmart has to hire union people, Publix. I still can't believe that people have not picketed and strike there. What has to happen in the right to work Great question. in Florida Great question. to get unions strong? But the reason I was telling you in a little history there is because, like I said, I've always been a union person. And when I first got down here, I could not believe the wages that people were paid. I was working for yep. my parents, right? And yep. so the wages that were, people were paid here All right. still to this day. Why do I right. live at home? We got your question. We're going to throw Great it to these guys. You. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, thanks for, 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 for your questioning. To y'all. Jimmy, take a shot at it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the answer for all of this is organizing. Workers have to talk to each other and organize. You know, the, the, the National Labor Relations Act gives workers the right to form or join a union. And that's what it all comes down to. You've got the federal protection to form or join a union, organize a union at your workplace. Uh, when, you, when it's done right with the guidance of a union that has experience of guiding workers through an election process and through the organizing process, let's be clear, it's very daunting. It can be a very scary experience. There will be pushback. There will be people who... Uh, there will be threats. There will be threats. There will be coercion. There will be intimidation. There will be promises. There'll be, you'll get raises. Just Every, like you see in the movies. What did we read about recently? Amazon, Starbucks... Those are some of the ones that have been getting in the news. I'm sure Google, there's a lot more. Apple. I mean, workers are uh, organizing across the country, and yeah. uh, that's going to be the solution because you've got the right to organize, but you've got to exercise those rights. Uh, there's nothing that management can do that can stop you once you actually exercise your rights. It's all just a bluff game. Uh, they're they're going to try to— game of chicken, right? Yes, they're going to try to threaten you. They're going to try to scare you. But if you keep your uh, eye on the prize, you can— get to the finish line and organize a union. Steve, how is it when you go around the city to the different departments? And you're, I'll tell you what, you have a wide variety of people who are in the ATU. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got uh, uh, secretarial, um, you know, administrative staff, Mm -hmm. even at TPD, I think I I recall. Yes. And then you've got people at the sewer plant, people at the water plant, people driving garbage trucks. You've got a, a diverse group of, of folks out there. How do you convince them that this is important? Well, first off, I'm a walking commercial. So anybody that comes Facts. within three feet of me, you know, they hear something about the union, joining <laughs> the union, being a part of the union, being active in the union, you know. Uh, coming from up north and seeing how the unions operated up there, you know, part of my ultimate goal is to create that same environment here in the city of Tampa. You know, so you talk to people, you educate them. You know, and then that is what gets them to join, basically. And, and the, the fights that we fought together, okay, you and your predecessor, uh, 
what was her name? I'm so sorry. You're talking about Martha? Martha, thank you. Martha and I had fought some good battles together as well. But what always bothered me was Tampa Police Department and Tampa Fire Rescue have their own unions. Good for them, okay? But they ended up being very, very strong, and they seem to get anything they want. Okay? You're here. And, so and, but ATU has always, you know, been behind, behind in, in that regard. And I'm so thrilled at what you've been doing because you've, you've lit a fire in the organization uh, to, to make things happen. But, it, but that, that disparity always bothered me. It's like, why, just because they're police and fire doesn't make them mean they work any harder. I understand it's a little, you know, it's more dangerous, fine. But you guys work as hard as, or harder than anybody. I, I, I think your slogan is, we make the city run, right? We keep the city of Tampa running. Which Absolutely. is true. Quite yes. literally. But Absolutely. That, that, that bothered me, Steve. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't hurt. And, and Steve, your, your leadership as well as Jim is evident here today. Your commitment is evident here today. And I'll, I'll add to that. It doesn't hurt, my brother, that you got this LL Cool J thing going on with the <laughs> accent that is very appealing. You know what I mean? I could listen to you speak on any topic, but it especially resonates when you're talking about work and labor and representation and how you, much you care. You know what I'm saying? Thank so you. So that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's strong, brother. That's strong. So I appreciate that. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I think that yeah, that I shows. I found my calling. I think that and that I'm shows. I'm running with it. Good there you go. You. Let me, let me, you. Listen, well, this is the most calls we've ever received. I'm loving is it. Okay Blowing up the board. So, yeah. so we're going to ask our callers to be brief, be bright. And ask your we, question. And we're gonna, yes, because we're going we're gonna to take as many callers as we can. We're really thrilled that everybody's calling in today. This is, uh, this is Richard, who's been waiting the longest. And Richard's calling us from Riverview, Ruskin. Richard. Hello. I'm going to give you a little of my pedigree. I'm going to be quick about it. Thank you. But uh, all of this in Florida, I've been a member of uh, IBREW, been a member of Steel Workers Union, been a member of the Chemical Workers Union, and I was a local uh, president for UAW for seven years here in Tampa. Wow. We were one of the few manufacturing uh, areas. You hear of all these unions now, and most of them are in the service industries. Uh, one thing someone just said about the stratification when they're talking about the firefighters and the police, uh, when uh, the governor uh, DeSantis, I'm going to be nice. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, put in his most recent law, he carved out a special carve-out where they can still collect their dues through the union. What is that? Or, or, that is just wrong. Yeah. Uh, or, or you are familiar with what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now... Yeah. Uh, Teachers and unions like that have to send in a separate check, which uh, leads to lower union membership. And he carved out a, uh, a, a niche for the police and firefighters union because they support him. Uh, there is also stratification within the unions themselves. Uh, uh, the, our little local uh, unions down here, like the UAW, we were the southernmost UAW. We were the redheaded stepchildren of UAW. <laughs> Uh, I see the same thing happening in a lot of other unions where the, the more entrenched uh, used to be in the trade unions, but they aren't here as much, and in the manufacturing unions. So you got to treat those little locals with, with respect, and we didn't get that a lot of times. Our jobs were shipped off to Mexico and China in uh, 2010, and uh, we uh, called out to the politicians around here who came to our plant to tour and uh, uh, campaign for votes when they were running for election. And it would not show up when they were shutting our plants down. Hmm. Rich, you've got a Rich, you've got a beautiful union history. We appreciate the call greatly. We've got about four other people waiting. Thank you, Richard, for your comments and your and your uh, connection to our story today. We certainly appreciate you, guys. This is. Can the I most ask a quick question to Jim? Absolutely. To, to Jim, 
uh, specifically, and I don't know if this relates to, to you, Steve, or not, apprenticeships. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We've been bitching and moaning about wages and unions getting treated badly and stuff, but apprenticeship is something that I think we can all agree on. And yeah. uh, tell us about that and how your different folks Unless do that. Unless you're Steve Cohen. Sure. Uh, apprenticeship is the hot is the is a hot term right now. Everybody wants to get into apprenticeship, right? Everybody is recognizing What does it mean? Apprenticeship, right? Uh, apprenticeship is you know, you're working under the supervision of a journey level experienced uh, crafts worker, right? So that you're learning a trade, you're learning a skill. So you're bringing in younger people typically right out of high school or right. Specifically in, in construction, we see an aging workforce, right? We, well, there's not a new generation of, uh, skilled construction workers who are coming in, stepping into the pr- profession. Uh, we have a, an, a retiring generation, you know, we have an aging out of the generation, but in the building trades, apprenticeship is crucial because these are, uh, these are skills that you have to learn on on the job, and you have to learn the theory behind them. What we do in the building trades as the unions is we have state-registered apprenticeships that are registered with the Florida Department of Education. We have dedicated facilities. My union, the Operating Engineers, we have 18 acres out in Plant City. We've got cranes, it's classrooms. It's a cool place. It's, it's state-of-the-art. And, uh, and so you learn a trade from somebody who's already learned a trade and been working that for, uh, for a career. And ironically, the government is actually with you on this issue, right? They are. Uh, the, you know, the administration, there was, a, there was an attempt by, uh, by the non-union side to sort of weaken um, apprenticeships because the, the, the best form of this is for a registered apprenticeship. And what they wanted to do is sort of weaken <laughs> it and expand it to company-sponsored training programs and, uh, and sort of weaken the true meaning of apprenticeship, which is what we hold our hats on, is our registered apprenticeship. We've been doing this for 100 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we've got dedicated facilities. The non-union doesn't have that. You know, they, they've got an association, the Associated Builders of, and Contractors. They claim that they're the number one producer Ooh. of apprentices, but it, who, who they care about is right there in their names. But you're, the teaching, them, you're teaching them the right way, the safe way, yep. the smart way to do things. Yes, you, you, you know, our registered apprentices have to complete 2,000 on-the-job training hours every year to advance, as well as 144 academic hours. And they become, what is a journeyman and all that those different levels? You receive a certificate from the state at the completion of your four-year program. You're a certified journey-level operator. Our operators are making anywhere between 35 and 40 bucks an hour on the check. Perfect. And then we've got an incredible... Prevailing uh, wages benefits. and I'm, benefits. I'm thinking, so Mario, I'm thinking there's a couple of... Go ahead, Steve. Getting paid... While, while training. doing it. Yeah. There you go. So, really so Mario, before you take that call, yes. we got to say goodbye to Steve Simon. Uh, he's, he's got a, oh, Steve, your, your appointment. Steve, listen, he's having too okay. much fun. He's okay. having too All much right. fun. Hey. He's right. having, I so, thought he had to leave, but he's not leaving. Take the call, Mario. We have a caller who's calling Switchboard. in on the, on, the, on the guest line today. This is our, 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 our guest, our friend. I'm going to bring her in now. And somebody who knows a thing or two about unions. I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. When you hear her dy- dynamic voice, you'll probably know it immediately. Uh, Ms. Hernandez, is that you? I am here, and I want to thank both of you for having such a robust conversation. To all my union brothers who are on the line or listening in, uh, brothers and sisters, thank you for all the work that you're doing. I love talking about apprentices, the, you know, the necessity for unions, and of course, what Labor Day means to all of us Americans here in the United States. Introduce yourself to us proper and tell us a little bit about your background. I know you, but our listeners may not. Sure. My name is Carla Hernandez-Mas. I'm the president of United Teachers of Dade. We are the largest teachers union in the southeast of the United States. 
the first union in the South, a teachers union to segregate. Uh, and we're doing wonderful things for education and advocating for our students' well-being. Uh, I'm also um, a vice president for the American Federation of Teachers. I sit on the Women's Rights Committee and on the executive board for the Florida AFL-CIO. So I'm all things union, all things education, and I think this is a great topic for this morning. And that's only part of what we love about you, Ms. Carla. Did you have any questions or comments for our guests today? Did you, did you want to open a, a, another you know, avenue of conversation for our listeners? You know, I think that um, what's really interesting is that just two days ago, on August 30th, uh, there was a Gallup poll that just came out, so I think this is super relevant. And the title of it is More in U.S. See Union Strengthening and, you know, Want It That Way. So it's great research polling on how Americans feel. It's increased for every kind of demographic, not just for women, for men, but also for uh, political parties. So we see that Republicans, Independents, and Democrats are more and more joining their unions, obviously with national strikes like the the the, the Screen Actors Guild, uh, you know, the the writers. Um, all these things are bringing a lot of national attention. Amazon workers are also unionizing, and I think people are starting to understand how important it is, it has been for middle class uh, families. Um, the middle class was established because of unionization, because of uh, you know union workers. And for so many years now, we've seen that our middle class has started to decrease and become almost non-existent. It's either you have a lot or you have very little. Um, and so people understand the importance of collective bargaining, of fair wages, of respect, of decency in the workplace, and, of course, making sure that you have a contract. And all these things are really bringing awareness to people, um, and I think that's why they're joining. And when we see culture wars, I know that we had a brother on earlier that was talking about What's happening, you know, in the state of Florida, I think it's the most egregious anti-freedom, anti-union attack that the state of Florida legislature has put upon um, its constituents. Uh, it's uh, quite honestly, it's disgusting. Um, and, you know, it's, it's making people organize. It's making a state that was supposed to be a, you know, um, no right state in the way that they phrase it is, uh, you know, a, a state for uh, workers' rights which is not exactly what it means. It's a play on words. It's making people have to join in order for them to keep their freedoms, to keep their contracts, and to get fair wages. Yeah, Carla, so, this, is, this is John Dinkfeller, uh, one of the co-hosts. You know, if, if I want to have deductions off of my paycheck for various uh, issues, health care, or other check boxes, there's probably 10 different check boxes I could have of things taken off my paycheck. But all of a sudden, it's illegal, it's wrong to have the checkbox for the union. What is up with that, Carla? Well, absolutely. It, it's egregious. Um, you can have a deduction for Disney Plus, and we know DeSantis does not like Disney right now. Um, you can have a Netflix removal, all kinds of things. But when you are asking for your you know, agent, your bargaining agent to, to negotiate for you and to make sure that you have working conditions, they're saying that that is not allowed. Something that we've had in our Constitution, by the way, collective bargaining is part of the Florida State Constitution, and unions have been working this way for over 50 years. And um, so we see it as a direct attack to our liberties, to our freedoms. Uh, we see it as the government, the state government in particular, trying to take away workers' rights. Well, let's, um, put it, let's put it in the Florida Constitution, that checkbox. You know what? That's what. And, that's and what you Carla, need to let do. me let me offer that. Um, <clears throat> I know the last time you threw your hat, your bonnet 
into the uh, political arena. Uh, didn't go as we had all hoped that it might. Does she but, wear a bonnet? But yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Is it a bonnet. beret? No, it's a bonnet. That we hope that. I uh, yeah, <laughs> and wear it all beautifully. And wear it all beautifully. We just hope that that didn't in any way discourage you from continuing on that path because we see we see you, Carla. We hear you, and we want everybody to see you and hear you soon. Might we take a quick? Well, there's a the, Jim wants to say something, and then I've got a call. I just wanted to give a shout out to Carla. I, I've I've known uh, Carla. This is Jim Janeko. I've known Carla for more than 10 years from down in Miami. And, uh, you know, Carla's leadership is, uh, she's, she's a, such a wonderful, fierce leader. You know, this Senate Bill 256, uh, the intention of that law was to cripple unions. But I think what we're going to find is that our, our brothers and sisters under Carla's leadership in UTD, they're going to organize like hell. Uh, and I know that the teachers union is the strongest in the state. And uh, with, under Carla and the rest of the leadership of UTD, those teachers are going to organize. Those teachers are going to organize because workers are fed up. They're tired of the political games. Our teachers are tired of being uh, in the crosshairs. Uh, our intended. teachers, our yeah. teachers, our, our teachers are targeted in this state, and we need to be uh, we need to be rewarding them and not making things more difficult for them. So, uh, Carla, keep it up, sister. I love you. You're doing a great job, and I know that the your your uh, your membership is going to organize. There you go, Carla. Ah, Jim, thank you so much. You're amazing. Listen, I'll tell you this to to Jim's point. We've never seen so many political attacks and politicization of public education like we've seen in the past two legislative sessions. Uh, with the Don't Say Gay campaign, where now teachers can't even use nicknames. And I'm going to tell you nicknames like how? Like a Benjamin being called a Ben, like a Jennifer being called a Jen. Like now teachers can have like severe consequences, even their certification suspended uh, for these types of behaviors, which is, it's so silly because we want to make sure that our kids come into our class, that they feel comfortable with us, that they can learn, so that we can give them access to all this knowledge. And we're talking about banning books and censoring curriculum, African-American studies, um, how they're changing, you know, the standards and what, what teachers can say about our true history. I think it's very un-American. I think this anti-union Senate Bill 256 is un-American. It's, anti, uh, it's, and, it's and, anti-American, Carla, and it's almost anti-human. I mean, have we not learned anything in the human experience in this time that we've been on planet Earth? All you need to know is if you want your child to, to, uh, to rise up against you, just restrict any activity you don't want him or her to do, right? So if you restrict, you don't want your kid to stay out late, you see your kid's going to stay out late. You don't want your kid to be a bad kid, your kid's going to be a bad boy or girl. So, you know, they don't get it. They don't, the more they constrict, the more we're going to fight back. And here's how I see it, Carla. We've talked about it before. There are more of us than there are of them. We just have to figure that connective tissue out and know how to go about making us all hold hands together and walk in that same direction. All right, I got a direct traffic. Everybody's got their hands up. Jason. So I wanted to bring up a point. I mean, listen, we have two former teachers in this room, two former teacher union reps, and you know, Newsweek had an article just the other day. 6,920 advertised vacancies for teachers in the state of Florida as of August 7th, 5,072 advertised vacancies for support staff. They don't so want to come to Florida. I mean, like we're talking, yeah, we're talking 12,000 vacancies they're, they're, they're in education across the state out of, of the Florida. Field. They're dropping out of the field. And, and this connects to everything that we're talking about. Middle class folks being squeezed, unions feeling like, you know, teachers feeling like they don't have the support, you know, because labor isn't as present as they used to be. The, the concern for me is that's only going to get 
worse. This is not a situation where it's going to turn around and fix itself. We have a major, major crisis on our hands right. in terms of public education in this Carla, state. Carla, for governor, did you have something you wanted yeah, to drop Steve, in here, Steve? Steve? Jump in. Yeah, I just wanted to mention the fact of uh, the uh, right-to-work laws, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've asked several people what it is, what it means. And the general response that I got was, oh, you could be fired at any time. You know, and so... To me, it all comes back to education, educating everyone in regards to everything that has to do with our lives. Okay, so the right to work law basically just allows you to work in a union job without paying union dues. That's all it is. Okay, because we all have the right to work. Correct. We can apply for a job. (laughs) There's nobody stopping you from working (laughs) wherever you want to work. Absolutely. You know, and, and see, in educating the people in regards to all of this scenario is part of what has gotten so many people to join the movement. You know, they need that education to make the move to come in the right direction. I've got a caller who's been sitting yeah, on patiently. See if, see if you have a, call, a question for Carla. She's called in all the way probably from South Patient. Florida. And Carla, we want to hear your comentario because I heard you when, when Steve started to talk. You wanted to chime in on that. But my, this caller has been waiting for 23 minutes. And I've got to honor this 23 minutes. Right, this, this has got to be a good union member. Christina, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Uh, I'll talk quickly because I know you're coming to a close soon. We are, I just wanted to mention um, a few benefits, wonderful benefits that the union provided me. And a little backstory, um, I was born in New York. My parents, of course, born and raised in New York. We transplanted down here when I was a very young age, but my grandfather retired from the NYC Sanitation Department, and my mm. father belonged to several unions before he transplanted to Florida. I'm a former school teacher, and mm. I've taught in uh, several counties in the state of Florida, my first county was Broward County. I taught there for five years. Wonderful experience, wonderful union. And I just want to say that there was a time when the, uh, the superintendent at that time in Broward County had uh, taken away 50% of our planning. Now, for anyone out there that's not a teacher or has never spent uh, any modicum of time with a teacher, planning is very important. And, and any teacher knows that um, we don't get everything done during our planning period. Nine, nine out of ten times, we take a lot of work home with us. And we work for free on, on the weeknights, uh, the weekends. And he took away 50% of our planning. So now we're going home with even more work. Well, the union fought for us, and we received a check the next year for, I guess, around $7,000 to pay us back for that amount of planning that wow. we lost. So, you know, um, I know I know a handful of teachers that refuse to join the union. I've never been... Uh, more confused <laughs> as to why they would make that decision, but there, there's a there's a great uh, example right there. Um, my last county that I worked in was Hillsborough. They were very good to me, but unfortunately during COVID, um, there was a huge, a uh, lot of budget cuts with low enrollment numbers in the arts, and I was a film and theater teacher, so I was one of the first ones to get cut. Why is it always um, the arts, Christina? Why is it always the arts? That's I shameful. Know. Christina, with about just a few minutes left in show, allow me to get back to our caller, our, our guest, uh, Carla Hernandez. But thank you so much, not only for the time spent educating our kids, obviously for co- from coming from a good family, and by that I mean a union family, okay? Can we all thank agree you. that this is all, it's not thank just institutional, this is really more familial. You learn this at the knee of your grandfather. You learn this by the lessons you get from your parents, from your father, from your mother, so from your uncles and aunts. So thank you for sharing your story with us. We certainly appreciate your call. Carla, you were going to say just before 
Uh, Steve jumped in with his comentario. Carla, 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 caller. Car no, the Carla, the caller. There we go. Carla, Carla dale, dale, Carla. Yeah, we were talking about the, you know, over, you know, uh, the seven thousand teaching vacancies, you know, in in the state of Florida. It is a self-inflicted wound when you have, Truly. you know, political attacks um, in education. When you are forty-eighth in the country in how you. Uh, fund education in the state of Florida. Um, you create this self-inflicted wound where teachers see how they're being vilified, how they're being attacked, and their certification and teaching is, you know, under uh, duress because of all these things that are happening. And so teachers are so upset that, you know, they can't teach with honesty and authenticity, um, that the pedagogy that they've learned and that they've, you know, reinforced and strengthened throughout these years that they can't use, you know, the, their, their strategies and techniques to educate kids and elevate them. And so when you have all these things and you're low-funded or underfunded or defunded, then you create, a, you know, a, an area where teachers who are passionate, who know how to do this job, who are excellent human beings, who you want in front of these children so that they can break poverty cycles, they can, you know, I, you know, for just, but they can reach for the stars and just break cycles that they've, that they've had. Um, they're not sitting in front of those kids. And to see what's happening today, 7,000 teacher vacancies. That's 7,000 classrooms throughout the state that don't have a certified mm -hmm. teacher that's teaching those Un kids. What a disservice to the state, to our children, and to our future. Unbelievable. Shame on the state of Florida for doing what they're doing. But proud of all the union workers out there, especially Christina, who called in. Keep up the good job. Stay, you know, just inspired because we're doing it for kids. And anybody that's out there, join your union, support your union, and make sure you're paying attention to what's going on because we need people to change the way they pay their membership so that we can survive this anti-union. We love you, Carla. We love you and, and your work ethic. And I'll say it again at the risk of repeating myself. Carla for governor or at least secretary of education. Carla, at very least secretary Carla, of education. we're going to have you on uh, many, many more times. We appreciate you greatly. And, and on top of everything you said, they want to privatize education, which is totally ridiculous, and take all the money out of public schools and put it to charters. Thank Excuse our me. guest, J.D. Wrong. Thank our all guest, right, J.D. Steve Simon, ATU, we love you, man. We appreciate you coming. Jim so Gineco, good to be here, Steve. Jim Janeco, president of uh, Central Florida Labor. Jimmy. Right on. Form a union. Form a union. Form a union. Get active in your union. Listen, I mean, this is such an important topic. And for all of you that have called in today, sent in your emails that I couldn't read them today because we got so much going on. We were actually overwhelmed. And on Monday, don't just eat your picnic. Don't just go out and party. Remember what yeah. this is about. Google up Labor Day. Look at the history. Look at the meaning of the day. Of here, the day. Join a union. On behalf of my broadcast partner sitting right there next to me, John Dingfelder, our engineer, Jason Marlowe, our phone screener today, Irene, and, and our part-time producer, Lynn Marvin Dingfelder, who's listening from home. We love you. I'm Mario Nunez wishing you salute and happy days. Be on the lookout for us next week. Stay tuned now for The Skinny with Ray Roa, Ben Montgomery, and Mitch Perry sitting right over there in the studio. Have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody. Which side are you on, boys? Which side are they say in Harlan County, there are no neutrals there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair.